Hi, welcome to our first podcast from It's Now or Never. I'm Carly McGrath, the Sam in Goulburn Region, and with me today is Ned Goff, Sam in Ovens, Murray. Today we're going to be thinking about building a team around the learner and the effective preparation for Mylands 2022. Established in 1980, Wonturner College is located in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne and has an enrolment of around 1,500 students. Wonturner College has a low to medium level of socioeconomic disadvantage. In 2020, Wonturner experienced a significant improvement in student connectedness to school and the experience of students having an advocate at school, which we know is the bread and butter of the Mylands Initiative. Today, we welcome two Mylands teachers from Wonturner to share their practice. Claire Hanley, who is the Literacy Capability Builder and Direct Support Teacher, and Leanne Wilson, who is the Numeracy Capability Builder and Direct Support Teacher. Together, they have formed a highly effective team in implementing Mylands at Wonturner. Okay, can you tell us a little bit about how you've supported students by creating a team around the learner? One of the things that we've done, particularly this year at Turner, is um, having a visual team around the learner for our students. Um, so our staff have worked together to make sure um, that they understand the students um, and that they have created those relationships um, with our particular students in Marlins. Um, Leanne, you were able to do this successfully um, with numeracy, particularly with the use of um, Compass and um, working with the staff. Yeah, I found that using Compass was very useful. Once we we created class groups with our with our groups of students, so you know, as a result, we have like ten classes. But that enabled us to be in the loop when we got emails about that student that we wouldn't otherwise get that sort of information. So that was really handy for us to um, to communicate with the other teachers and email parents and you know, in general find out what's happening with the students within their other subjects as well. Can I ask a clarifying question? So when you think about the team around the learner, who's in the team and is it different for each student? Definitely with ours, um, what we found, and I, I don't know if this is general, there was quite a few students within the Marlins that were also on ILPs for other areas as well. And so they, they therefore have their own unique teams as well. Um, we have, we've just taken on the year 10s, which brought in another another uh, group of teams around a team around the learner where we've brought in careers advisors and this this type of people to work with them so it has differed around depending on what student we're working with yeah absolutely and that would be the same with literacy as well uh, it depends on the students and the students needs um, so yeah we def definitely um, diagnose the student first before uh, we had that team and how do you guys manage um meeting with the teams given that they're different for every student um, in a busy I guess schedule um, how do you manage <laughs> meeting times because I think that's a challenge for many schools yeah I don't think um, necessarily we meet with all of the um, teams uh, around the learner we have um, the TLI and the Mylands um, teachers have um, regular meetings but in terms of communication that's where um, Microsoft Teams just comes in handy because it's so transparent. So the information that we share, um, everything is transparent. So 
um, remote learning has is kind of a, a blessing in disguise at times. <laughs> Although we we um, know the negatives and the cons of um, remote learning, it also um, brings out some new things that we can do um, and embrace and have those connections with um, our staff members. So Teams have, has been wonderful for that to have that communication. Um, and then Leanne has also got the benefit of Compass as well. Yeah, and in addition with the, the, the maths, uh, because there's a few complications working with, with teams with who was in what group. And so I set up a different Marlins group in the Maths LA. And in that, all I do use that for is actually publishing the goals and when students have set the goals. And there's an extra column in that spreadsheet and teachers make comment as well. And I don't rely on the teachers are actually going to check that document. I actually tag teachers in when I've made changes to the goals so that the classroom teachers know what's going on. In an ideal world, they would look at our tracking sheet that we have in our Marlins folder, but I know they're not going to do that. They're not going to sort of sift through that and find their students. So I just, I do a very much simplified version of our tracking sheet and put it over in a separate document for them. And I'm just wondering, have you received any feedback from students around feeling supported by a team? Um, not necessarily um, feedback from the students. We would all love um, students to say, hi guys, you're doing a great job. <laughs> but I think the successful um, feedback is when uh, we have a student that is disengaged and it has is always coming to their Mylan session or is always coming to their English and math class because they know they have that extra support. And I, I guess I'm also wondering about feedback from teachers because they might be a bit more forthcoming. Um, have you received any feedback from teachers on how you're supporting them in working with those students? Yeah, um, unfortunately, the feedback I receive is often an indication of not quite understanding what Mylands is about. Um, on this same document, one of the teachers put back, um, could you ensure that they complete their maths-based tasks? So they really don't see that these students aren't actually able to hook into their mainstream work anyway, most of the time. And so, um, so I sort of could see that there's still some work to do with that teacher on the understanding of where that exact that their, their child is at in their classroom. So yeah, I have received feedback, but it's given me more on my to-do list. <laughs> Thanks, Leanne. And I think you guys have really covered how you've supported teachers in this endeavour through that communication, but did you have anything else to add around supporting teachers? Um, yeah, one of, um, we started this year, uh, Leanne and I were new to One Turner, um, but we started this year knowing that Mylands um, didn't have a big profile within the school. Um, so our big focus was building that profile and what we had um, that was an advantage was having the TLI as well. So we had the six um, tutors plus the Marlins team. Um, we would meet on a regular basis, but then that allowed us to um, share successes that we did. So we, um, at the start of the year, we uh, promoted some of the successes that we had in briefings and things like that, just to get the name out and the message out about Marlins and TLI and what we had to offer. Um, so. It was actually really beneficial to have TLI a part of Mylands because it created a bigger team and it, mean, and it meant we had a, a bigger focus 
um, and we had a bigger voice within the school. So um, it helped Leanne and I really um, get the message across about the importance of um, the programs and what we can do for each other as well for our students. You mentioned that um, there's still some teachers that don't understand what the Mylands is. What's your plans for 2022 around how you're going to continue to promote Mylands and building that team around the learner to include more of the classroom teachers? I think in term four is the opportunity where we can um, look at the assessment and then um, start to look at the celebrations. Uh, so that leads into 2022 where we can use um, the, the data and the growth and the successes that we have had in um, 2021 to help um, get those staff on board and to see uh, the significance that Marlins and TLI has had. Yeah, one, of, one of the plans we had for this year was to do some team teaching in the classroom uh, to, to give some strategies on differentiation, to use pre-test data. And I was hoping to work to the, to the stage where the classroom teacher would actually be withdrawing with the Marlins students on the odd occasion and I would take their class. So do the whole turnabout so that those teachers got to experience what it was like to work one-on-one -on -one with their Marlins students. And I said recently to the head of maths, I said, we're in, the, we're in a really good position here because, and it's sort of unfair to the classroom teacher because they sow all the seeds, but we get the aha moments because we're on that one-to-one -one where we're watching the lights go on and they don't do that in a class of 20 or 25. But due to what happened this year and Mally and as well me settling into the role, that hasn't become a strong point as I thought it was be. We had told the teachers at the beginning of the year this is what we would be doing. Some were really excited about that, at that prospect, some weren't so. But that's definitely one of the strategies I wanted to continue to promote for next year. Yeah. And um, that's, that's one thing that we had started and we were really um, going quite well with was um, the strategy cards that our tutors were creating for their particular students. Um, and they would work with a particular student and then identify a strategy that would help them and then um, create a strategy card that they would um, place on Teams so it was transparent to the classroom teachers and they could also use that particular technique or strategy to support this student, but then life got in the way and so did a bit of COVID. Um, so, but that in terms of the question, what would we do to support um, staff to understand Marlins a bit more is to continue with that and move that on into our Marlins program as well. I think we're, we're talking about in next year for 2022, looking at some flexibility in timetabling. Uh, we were limited this year by people teaching part-time and I was using the model that we only withdrew out of maths lessons. I didn't think if we took a low ability maths students out of their cooking lesson or their PE lesson, they're going to love me very much at all. But um, <laughs> that's that's really restricted of how much one-to-one -one support we can give the student also how much support we can give the teacher. So I think I'm going to have to bite the bullet next year and just sell it as this is the best thing since sliced bread and it's far better than your cooking mini pizzas in, cook in cooking and um, that you're going to love to come to your Marlin sessions and actually look at a bit a bit more how I can adapt, uh, change the timetable because it, it just didn't work for us this year very well. I'm really interested in, in the strategy cards that you've been developing and I'm just wondering if you could give us an example of 
what might be on one of those cards? Like, is it a specific teaching strategy or is it more around the student's interests um, or ways to manage uh, them? Yeah, so we would base it around um, the student's goals. Um, and it started with the tutors. We worked with the tutors um, for the strategy cards. Um, and then once they were achieving something in their work, um, the tutor would identify an, uh, a strategy or an area need that would help that student. So for an example, it might be the Freya model. And so uh, you would just have the uh, tutor to um, create a strategy card about uh, the, about what the Freya model is and what they can do with it. Or it might be uh, the Mazzano six steps, or it might be a power right. Um, it's just um, particular skills that will help students in an area, whether it's vocab or whether it's um, sentence structure. So what I'm hearing, Claire, is it's really tailored to their goal. And it's around actually moving that skill forward. So it's really specific yes. to that skill. Um, can we just circle back as well? I was really interested at the start, you mentioned around a visual team around the learner. Could you just expand a little bit more on that for people that perhaps are not as familiar with what that might look like? Um, yes, so with the visual team, uh, we were talking um, before that Lee and I and Leanne and I were um, new to one Turner and we knew the profile of Mylan's and um, TLI, well, because TLI is new, but uh, it wasn't as strong. Um, so we wanted uh, the students, the response was in terms of the questions of how students are supported. So we wanted the students to see that they're not, there's not just their classroom teacher there supporting them, but visually the students um, have also their tutor or also their mom's direct support teacher or their parents or their year level leader also supporting them. So um, that's what we were um, referring to when we were looking at the visual for the students. Now we have a few questions that have come from different schools that hopefully you'll be able to answer for them. Um, the first one I'm going to start with is, I'm a new teacher to Mylands and just starting to build my team around the learner. What advice would you have for me as a beginning teacher in the program? I guess is first to identify um, who is there for your support um, uh, and also to um, identify the, the learner as well. So getting to know the learner, getting to know their interests, um, and what they're capable of and who they connect to. Um, so you don't want to just um, grab random people that the learner is not going to respond to well. You really need to get that information from the student first. Um, so you, if it's a year 10 student um, and they don't particularly get along with the um, year level leader, that's not going to be the team around the learner that we're going to find either their maths teacher or you're going to find someone that they do connect to. So it's really getting that information from the student first uh, before uh, you start to make that team. And it's also about the teacher needing to feel comfortable as well. So who does the teacher connect to? If you're a new teacher to school, who do you connect to well? Uh, and then they can also offer support uh, to that new teacher. I always find it helpful to, to have your conversation based around the data, especially mm -hmm. in the first stages, depersonalize it. I found when I came in this year, again, you, a couple of the teachers sort of felt 
they weren't comfortable about me withdrawing their student because they felt that they could do a better job in the classroom and they took it as a personal affront to their teaching that I wanted to take that child out of their class. Um, and so if you start by talking to the data and talking to the program and relating it to this sheet of paper and your conversation is around that sheet of paper or that plan, I find it depersonalises it and it gives people time to, to, to look more objectively at what you're, you're trying to achieve. Okay, we have another question here coming from schools, which is one I hear very commonly about disengagement. So disengagement is rife at the moment um, and more so with our Milan students because we know these are some of the most vulnerable learners um, across the state. So I'm also complicated by the moving from on-site to off-site kind of remote learning. So what are your tips on how to re-engage students? It's really just um, finding a way to um, connect with that student. Um, if they're not coming to remote learning classes or if they're not turning up to class, you um, need to find a way to um, talk to that student. So Leanne, you found um, the Teams chat with a particular student that worked quite well just to get her back on board. Um, and it's just those baby steps to, um, to, to reach out to the student and to say, hey, um, we're here for you, what can we do? Um, so it's those little steps like that. Leanne, did you have anything? Yes, I think um, you, you've nailed it on the head, Claire. It's relationships. And we go back to our very first interview that we have and we've used the pro formas that you've supplied for us and mix them all up it and we found out what the students likes, dislikes. Being Victoria, we can always talk footy teams uh, if necessary, <laughs> either hate, hating footy teams or loving footy teams. And I found that um, vulnerable, make yourself vulnerable as the mm -hmm. teacher. Open up to the student to be a little bit silly. Uh, you, I'll open a session wearing my swans gear. Yep, I'll admit it. Um, <laughs> I find little YouTube clips that might be amusing or entertaining or even show them something that my um, grandchildren have done on the weekend. And in fact, we did a Kahoot where the first prize was a secondhand frozen colouring in book that I had lying around the house. I then got an email from a student saying, I would really love a, a, a secondhand frozen colouring book. Can I win next time? So we, we have to try and relate on their level, do a little bit of entertaining uh, but open ourselves up to them as well, uh, because these vulnerable students don't always have that great relationship with teachers. Absolutely. And I was going just to um, say there, Leanne, don't pretend that you're Victorian. You're Sydney. You're Sydney Swans. <laughs> well, thank you, Claire and Leanne, for joining us and having a chat about what's been happening at One Turner. Hopefully everyone gets a lot out of this and I'm sure that they'll reach out to you if they've got additional questions. Thank you so much. It's great spending time with you. Thanks for your time. So thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation and you got a lot out of it. In our next podcast, we'll be looking at using the improvement cycle to implement myelins. If you'd like to be involved or you've got questions that you'd like answered, please get in contact with one of your SAMs. We also have our upcoming COPs. 
So on the 7th of October, we have our Literacy COP, where we'll have Professor John Munro coming back to talk to us. And then on the 14th of October, we have our Numeracy COP, where we'll be looking at using manipulatives to support our students. For more details on our COPs or other COPs that we are running in the Mylands TLI space, you can go to our Never ARC page. So search for Mylands TLI on ARC. If you have any questions that have been raised from today's podcast, please reach out to your SAMs. In Goulburn, that's me, Carly McGrath. In Ovens Murray, that's Mandy Goff. Of course, we have Chris Dosser in Outer East, who is our fabulous SAM supporting us behind the scenes and editing this podcast. And welcome to our new SAM, who was also talking to us today, Claire Hanley, who'll be looking after Inner East. This has been It's Now or Never. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.